Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining into Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I am right here at the Banyan Tree Cafe in sunny, beautiful Kona, Hawaii at the University of the Nations. And I've got Trent Walker with me. Uh, he's been a missionary for a long time, musician, worship leader, but I want you guys to get to know him. So let's welcome Trent to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome. Thanks. Is it, there's no audience clap. Absolutely like, not. Not right now. This is a <laughs> video audio, so it'll be on YouTube and you know on the podcast and everything. But Trent, I'd love to for people to get to know you and yeah. who you are and what God has done in your life. Oh man, well, I, I haven't been a missionary for that long. In fact, around here, I always tell people I'm the new guy still. Uh, I served as a, a worship and creative arts pastor um, at three different churches you know, ever since I graduated Bible school. And um, I'm part of a really growing uh, mega church organization. And so like the churches that I was a part of and, you know, rubbed shoulders with, they were in that world of like explosive growth, mm. you know. And so the church, the, the church that I had most recently served at was, um, you know, I started at the church and average attendance of 450. Mm -hmm. And then when we left, it was average attendance of 2,000 wow. and growing. And it's still growing. It's thriving. And that's just one small church, part of a much bigger organization of churches um, up in West Michigan. And so um, I was just in that world where my whole life was inside of the church. And it was good. I mean, like, I grew up in the church. I love the church. Um, and and I led worship in the youth group and I was always like the golden child, always on the big stage, really young, leading worship and and things like that. But as I grew and started having, you know, my wife and I had children and they're starting to grow, like we just felt a like God was calling us onto something new. Mm -hmm. Like like there was a moment where we were just in this place and he was like, Trent, you've done a good job and and really felt like he was saying to us, like, if I stay, I'll be blessed, but I'll be safe. Mm. And uh, and so we took just a massive leap of faith. I left a big organization and with nothing on the horizon. So when you leave, like, that kind of corporate church setting and things like that, I mean, the question marks that everybody has is right. like, well, why? Right. Why would you leave? Right. You know, like, some, something's wrong with us, right? Like, mustn't. And I'm like, no, like... I, I don't know God has something in store for us. And I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart, I don't know. Now, I don't know where that mindset comes from uh, or what doctrine that comes from, but it's not found in the Bible mm -hmm. that we're supposed to know what we're walking into. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Bible says we walk by faith right. and not by sight. And faith was never, ever supposed to be something that we were supposed to figure out. Right. Like it was always supposed to be something that is entirely by God alone and in his trust completely. And honestly, yeah, it's scary. I mean, it is 
it is what the enemy would like to say is fear. Faith is ultimately being scared to death, but yet knowing that God will catch you, you know, like that's, yeah. that's faith. And so, you know, taking that leap of faith was a big deal. We, we stepped out, I resigned. We took, uh, we really took kind of two years to kind of pray that transition through and, and figure out like what God was saying to us and how could we do this well? How could we honor the church that we had served and posture them to be in a great place for future growth Though we're not, we weren't just like, you know, wow, God said something to me this week and here's my two weeks notice, see ya. Right. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was very much like deep prayers, like talking to friends and relationships that we had kind of outside of our immediate circles, but yet we still had from like college good friends that we knew would be able to speak into our lives, not from an area of agenda, mm-hmm. but from the area of true friendship. Um uh, and, and, you know, just because we had been so saturated in that world and sometimes when your whole, like, church and spiritual and social and work circles are all in the same place, you find yourself saying, well, who else can I talk to that is unattached to these groups and still have a good, good godly wisdom? So we walked that out really well and just stepped down. And honestly, Jerry, we had nothing to walk into. We had no... N- no, no it wasn't like some shining glory came down and said, awesome, now that you've taken this leap of faith, here's your calling. Right. It was like, uh-oh, what did I do? You know? Yeah. It, 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 you, you chuckle as if you know this I've story I've been well. in your shoes. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, we were part of a great church, and um, it went from 250 to about 1,300 people from one service to three services. And in just a few years' time, I youth pastored there for five years. The salary was awesome. The safety. I can say it. the safety is good. Salary wasn't awesome. <laughs> I try to tell people, I'm like, you do realize, like, there's no, like, golden goose that went into missions. That's right. a whole other different. Not only did we take a leap of faith, right? we felt after we had took the leap completely like, oh, my Lord, God, where are you? You said you'd be here for us. Mm-hmm. We're singing the song, you split the sea. So, and I'm drowning. There is no Aww. splitting of the sea. Like we were just drowning. Like, Lord, what did we do wrong? What is going on? So how did God intervene? I mean, you know, you, when you take a step of faith, yeah. what, how do you, how did you see God break through that? Even when you were doubting and being like, Hey, you told us this because I've been in similar shoes, not in your shoes exactly, but I've been in similar shoes. But then God does kind of confirm things and, and then starts revealing we're on the right path. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the main cause of how long it took and that deep, dark place of like, uh-oh, what did I do? And maybe this was the wrong decisions, all of that. I think ultimately that came from me still having a massive lack of trust in God. Mm. And uh, being a pastor in a very influential, you know, growing church, um, I myself was very fearful for provision of my family. We have, my wife and I have five boys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and immediately I went into like work mode. Okay, well, I've got to do this and I've got to, you know, get a job I've got to get another job at a church and I don't want to I want a job at a church I want it to be a calling but yet I'm a husband and a father and I need to provide for my family um 
honestly, Jared, it was just a lot of time on my knees in prayer. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, like, we had, we had set out, you know, later in our 30s, like, like, I think I was 38 at the time when we took that leap, you know, five kids and 38 years old is not the time to start a rock band, you know. (laughs) But my wife, and that's what we had felt like one wow. of the directions God told us to, to do is to to sing the song of praise, mm-hmm. lead worship, and share the gospel with people. And so there was about six months of just like, oh my gosh, what kind of, what did I do? I really kind of came to a come to Jesus moment. Like yeah. I was frustrated. I was angry at, at God. And I was just, um, I was kind of at my wits end. And I finally, I, I, I remember like I'd gotten really angry. I'd blown up at my family and I, I felt really sorry when I was crying. I repented to my family and I I that night I put the kids to bed, said goodnight to my wife, and I went downstairs and I just got on my knees and I just cried out to the Lord for like the whole night, Jared. I mean I just remember just weeping and praying and saying, God, if you're not gonna show up, at least show up for my kids, you know? And uh and at like 6 a.m. in the morning, I felt like something broke and something released. And I went upstairs and I woke my wife up and I said, hey, the kids are going to wake up soon. I've been up all night. I'm super tired. Can you can you make sure they get some breakfast and I'm going to maybe just sleep in for a little bit? And I, I, I didn't feel any spiritual like breakthrough, but I felt like I could be okay to not like I felt like it was okay that I could be done praying and go take a nap, you know, and and I said um, I said to my wife, I'm like, hey, that thing that you said like six months ago about being nomadic, mm-hmm. why not? Hmm. Let's try it. And I, I said one more thing. I said I'm not. I'm done. I'm done interviewing. I'm not going to interview at any right. places anymore. I I just I can't do it. I need I need to I need to take a break, you know. And I got in the shower. Went back to bed, slept till like noon. I woke up and my wife's beaming. The kids are all excited. And she's like, I figured it out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to buy an RV and we're going to preach the gospel and sing music. You're going to take the next month and you're just going to write like you've been telling me your whole life. You're just going to write music and we'll record an album. We have just enough money here and here. You know, we sold the house. We had like five grand left to our name, you know, and. She's like, but I think we can do it. And so we did. We bought an RV. <laughs> and we moved our whole family of seven into the RV. And we went and saw a buddy down in Nashville, recorded a little EP. And, and that just became our anthem and our wow. song. And, and it was still hard. I mean, it was not easy at all. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know anything about this stuff. And like I said, you start these things when you're 18, now when you're 38, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but God just, one little piece at a time just just kept like revealing his goodness and a yes even though it was scary and every single month I'm like oh I don't know what's going on and we kind of came to another both of us came to another crossroads like about nine months after that where we were like this isn't working out I can't afford anything I'm getting so much in debt right now like God I don't know we trusted you but I'm just not seeing anything I don't know what to do I gotta get a job or something like that and it's kind of one more like, you know, swing at the fences moment. And I was like, okay, um, Lord, there's this this thing that 
we don't have enough money for, but let's let's go and do it and just spend some time with families. And I had started up a YouTube channel just as a, a way to help bring more like exposure to our music, right. you know, like any any an angle you could get to, you know. And um, we were praying and we were like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. What we found from everything is that you kind of need a promoter. You need people to who know things and networks and connections and my whole world was wrapped up into our church, maybe big mega church, but at right. the same time, like it was all local uh -huh. and, and nobody knew. And if they did, they weren't sharing it with me, you know, and I just felt really alone. Um, and we, we just prayed. We were like, God, we need something. Throw us a bone here, you know, just need something. And, and I was at that point, even kind of frustrated with, I'm, I'm done. I think kind of another moment of like, I'm done working for the church. Like I'm, I'm done letting the church be my provision, God. Like if, if you've said to do this, I need to trust you to be the provision. A month after those prayers, you know, like right before Christmas, I mean, I remember it was like Christmas of 2016, you know, and we were in an RV park uh, in Houston and we were just with friends and I was at peace, and I was like, God, maybe this is my last month that we're doing this, and I'm going to go get another job again. Yeah. But I, I, I trusted you. I'm grateful that I did it. I'm not. I'm never going to look back. I wouldn't trade these days, moments from my life, you know. And in the past year, then we had spent a whole year with our family together, right? And and it was actually beautiful. Yeah. And and so I think for that, I was at peace and I was contented. And then out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, one of our videos, like a, a a video that was nothing, all of a sudden just started blowing up. I'm getting people texting me out of left field, and I'm like, "What is this?" And um, it just started exploding, and it was all of a sudden really exciting. And we're like, hmm. "Wow, this is really cool!" And we went from like. 200 YouTube subscribers to like a thousand subscribers in a day. Wow. The next week we were at like 5,000 subscribers. The next week we were at 10,000 subscribers and all of a sudden. This for is the all first, organic. All organic. It took, made a life of its own. And, and for the viral. first time in this whole crazy journey, like it was almost like God said, you don't need a promoter. I'll promote you. <laughs> so, okay, say that again. I love that. Say that again. <laughs> it's like we said, like we, we felt like God said, you don't need a promoter. I'll promote you. So good. And, uh, and yeah, like for the first time in this entire journey now, we had people calling us and say, hey, we love what you're doing. We love the leap of faith that you're, you're, you're living and you're putting it all on video and it's inspiring us. Would you come and visit and speak at our church would you come and, and share at our gathering and man we would just the little ones like we would just love to meet you can we buy you dinner and i mean i mean even then it wasn't that that's not anything like people always talked to you know i'd always heard people say like oh are you a youtuber i'm like well youtubers are really interesting kind of a concept right like are you a content creator that needs to get exposure well yeah, but if you're somebody that earns your entire revenue off of YouTube YouTube ads, I feel sorry for you because they're gonna they're gonna change that every week. Yep. <laughs> Something will change out of that. Yep. And so, and I just knew that that I'm like, well, 
I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. And, and we, uh, you know, I just, all I knew, Jared, is that we just began to be free and live and trust that God was providing manna today. And we had burned through the retirement, burned through the house. All of those wonderful, good, godly things from the apostle Dave Ramsey had taught us. Mm -hmm. We had, we were completely, we had gone way beyond that. Mm. Like we were just in this place where like, okay, God, this doesn't make any sense, but we're going to trust you by faith. And uh, I do poke fun of that because I, I do, you know, I'm a Dave Ramsey guy, like we save our money, but the thousand uh, dollar emergency fund was that's like quick. A, that's like burned it out in a day. <laughs> like with a family of seven, lobster like, dinner, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like with a family of seven thousand dollars, you know, and even you know out here in Hawaii, like you realize like that's our grocery budget every week. Mm. You know, it's insane. Like I grew up as a Midwest kid. You know, like you think of the price of living, but I. I I had a different, like God had renewed me and changed me through that wilderness for me to see like, wait a minute, it has nothing to do with the cost of living or how much a house is or how much it is that I'm getting paid. It has everything to do with my trust in the Lord, you know, and it is, he's the one that promotes. And yeah, I mean, I'm no idiot. I'm going to work that thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was already working and busting my butt off, but I, I'm I'm going to respond back to the phone calls of invitation, right? You know, even the phone calls that are like, "Man, we'd love to visit." And, you know, I remember one of the blessings. The reason why we're plugged into YWAM is because one of those phone calls was a family that had followed us, and they were in California, and they contacted us, and we were out in Florida at the time, and we had by faith said we'd love to make a trip out west and that costs a lot of money we didn't have that kind of money we just began to by faith say okay let's let's move one step closer we have a house that's on wheels i'm not going to sit in this house on wheels and not let these wheels move you right know? and when we got out to california he said to this guy had said to me hey i don't uh, i'm not really influential in my church i'm just a guy who attends but we're just so inspired by you and we thought we wanted to bless you. Like, could we pay for an RV park for like two nights and maybe take you to dinner while you're passing through? I'm like, yeah, that'd be amazing. And I just asked him, I was like, hey, I know you said you might not have any pull in your church or anything. And uh, and these days, I mean, I, I sometimes my heart breaks because I grew up as a, a, a kid in like an evangelism kind of world. Like mm -hmm. I remember going to church and it was like the cool thing, like to have the traveling evangelist come in and right. preach, you know, like these days it breaks my heart, but American churches are so closed off to that. Right. Whether it's denominational fractures or people coming in and preaching a gospel that isn't quite accurate, all that breaks my heart. Right. Have, however, saying like, I just know that there is such a low trust factor for the traveling evangelist these days. And that breaks my heart. I said to the guy, I said, hey, I, I totally get it. I mean, let me just ask, like, do you know if there's any place, like a homeless shelter or something, where we could just go and serve? Like, our kids need to be a part of the gospel story, too. Yeah. My kids, part of that whole nomadic thing that my wife had felt was the fact that she wanted our kids to be a part of the real gospel. Yes. Not the gospel that is exclusively centered around what happens in that one hour on Sunday morning. Which, again, was my whole life. The production, the big lights and the big mm -hmm. show, the programs and the function. How do you get people into church? And, you know, are you doing evangelism? Ah, eh, maybe not. Maybe our evangelism can be trade, uh, uh, traded as just good church marketing. You know, like all those kind of things. Like that was my whole professional Christ Christian business career. And I realized, wait a minute, 
I'm not giving my kids what Jesus would say the gospel is. Yeah. Anyways, that one interaction with that guy, he's like, actually, yeah, there's this place that my kids used to go to when they were in youth group, and, and it's this place called Gleanings for the Hungry. Oh, yeah. You've heard of it? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, and so I was like, oh, awesome. You know, I, I used my newly found clout on YouTube and called this place up and I said, hey, we're YouTubers. I'd love to just do like a, I hear you guys are doing some great things. This Gleanings for the Hungry, they package up bruised fruit from the farmers around the California Valley and they package it up and feed like over a hundred nations yeah. with the bruised fruit that they package up and uh, dried beans and stuff like that and they make these food packets and everything it's a really well-run machine and i just thought that was awesome i'm like if there's anything i would love to vlog besides just our family faith journey yeah i want to vlog about other people's faith journeys because that's remarkable and in our world our traveling kind of rv world like i knew there was lots of people in our network that were good godly christian people who also wanted the same thing for their kids and they just wanted to be a part of making a difference in the world you know and so I vlogged it we went and visited it and we stayed there for a week and I didn't even know the whole time until the very last day I'm like wait a minute this is a YWAM base interesting what I need to know more about this YWAM thing yeah. I didn't know anything about it and so um yeah but you think of those wonderful interactions that just are God providential moments and I would very much I put that in the category of one of those that brought us here by faith too you know we had then lived that rv journey and that faith journey for about three years and in that process then it came across a few other ywam bases and every single time like even our kids were like wow we actually like really love this yeah and my wife was like i really love this and just my faith in growing as a dad like um I think at this point in my life, then when my wife says some crazy off the wall like thing, like let's go do YWAM instead of me kind of blowing her off and being like, okay, crazy woman who gives me five children, um, you know, which was kind of a jerky thing. And I realized I had always done that to her before I realized, wow, I, I need to repent to my wife. And, and when, and I kind of knew it, like we had, at, throughout this journey, we had picked up Lauren's book, Is That Really You, God? And I just remember being in tears. Yeah. And I remembered saying to my wife, I was like, you know, in all of my professional years in Christian ministry, I've seen amazing men and women of faith do building campaigns for churches. Yeah. And that's awesome. I love it. Fill the kingdom of God with more people. Praise the Lord. I love that. But in my own personal life, I had said, but yet I have not seen people take great leaps of faith for anything else besides a building campaign. And now I'm reading for the first time about this amazing man named Lauren Cunningham and his starting up of YWAM, his starting up of the University of Nations. And I said to my wife, I'm like, I was like, babe, if people like that still exist on the earth, I want to go be near them. I want to go learn from them. And we had read about this place in Kona, Hawaii. And I remember saying to my wife, I'm like, I bet you that place doesn't even exist anymore. It's probably like a burned down shack, you know, but let's look it up. And I knew then my wife, she was like, she had a calling. She had, she had like had this vision one time of us leading worship by a circle of flags. Oh, wow. And we had no idea. I mean, you look it up if you're listening to this online or whatever, you've never looked at, you just look up University of the Nations Kona. You can see the first pictures 
of this, and she had never, we'd known nothing about this. That's amazing. Nothing about YWAM. And uh, I just told her then and there, I'm like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter how much it is. If, if God says yes, then of course I'm going to say yes. Let's do it. You if know? God says yes, of course I'm going to say yes. That's yeah. so good. Well, it's, it's somewhat of a cop-out as a man, <laughs> you know, because like, Kind of, it's like, God, I yield myself to you. If you say yes, then what am I going to do trying to stand in your way? Like, that's, mm -hmm. a, you know, because I felt like that. I still was wrestling through this provisional place that I had to be in the family of always needing to be the provider, realizing that, like, even in my best efforts, I was terrible at this. Mm. And God was way better at it than us. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, we've we've loved it, man. We've loved being part of this place. We've loved pressing in and and fully, full disclosure, admitting that, like, this has also been led by our children a lot. Yes. And their desire to see God in a deeper way in their faith. You know, we did foundation school mm -hmm. with our kids and, you know, and... All of them, after we, we visited the Philippines on missions, we spent three months or two months there and another month in Florida. We did the send out there, and um, the kids loved it. I mean, they came alive in, in so many different ways, and, and they came alive in this community. And so when we finished, we went back out on the road. We got in the RV. We did a few shows, but we just, instead of trying to work so hard to live like that, we just trusted God, and we said, Lord, what do you want for us, you know? And there were seasons where it was like the Lord just said, I want you to rest and then I'll take care of it, you know? Um, through that season, each one of our kids, and I mean, like at the time, like Wrigley was like five years old, and he came to us and said, like, when are we going to go back to Kona? Mm. You know, our oldest said, you know, each of them, Dad, I, I really heard, like, I really feel like God wants us to move back to Kona. So wow. each of our kids had their own word of the Lord to come back to Kona. And then we just, my wife and I were like, well, God, if, if that's what you're saying, then would you lead the way? Yeah. And again, it's part of one of those, like, God, if you're saying yes, who am I to stand in your way? You know, I think if there's any place on the entire planet that could be more expensive, there's not too many places than this place. Right. You know? But yeah, it's uh, it's it's like God's God's doing it, yeah. and He's still doing it. You yeah. know, like I, um, like I said, I was I was a worship pastor for fifteen years at uh, a large non-denominational church. So for those of you listening, what that means is that means that you're in a corporate culture with no network. So maybe if you're in a large like. Baptist Church, Southern Baptist Convention, or Large Assembly of God Church, at least you have somewhat of a network, right. you know. When you're in a non-denominational church, it means that you have virtually no network. Right. And uh, and when I finished, I mean, you're done. Yeah. You know, like, and, I, and my heart kind of goes out to creatives, too, still to this day. Like, I know God still has asked me to be a part of this, and He's called me to be a massive part of of pastoring and leading uh, the new generation of worshipers. And so I serve with Kona Music here and I, I help lead and I do staff development for all of the worship leaders that you're hearing on the albums and stuff like that because I just, I've been through stuff, I know stuff and, and I know how to lead them well for the marathon of it, you know. Um, ministry worlds today kind of somewhat um, retire worship leaders at 35. Mm -hmm. 
So it looks a lot like you're a major league baseball player. You just don't get paid like that. Wow. You know? So what does that look like for the psalmists, the creatives, if, if the church at large is, is saying, well, you, you've kind of timed out? That's, that's really bad. I mean, I would challenge any pastor today to take a quick look at saying like, hey, maybe, uh, you know, like King David, there's that, that psalmist, that creative is, has a bigger calling than you've even realized it. And we need to champion that. So, so good. it's, uh, yeah, there's so much to it. So, I mean, like even here, like our children are thriving. They're in school. They, they love being part of the community. And then my wife serves teaching the elementary school kids here. And I serve in a few different areas and have a, a few different hats and we fully admit that like a lot of it is our children you know it's not us saying okay god this is what i want to do it's like okay god we we lay our lives at your feet to know that it's much better to be in this place where where our children are thriving in the gospel yeah like they're thriving in the knowledge of who god is yes they have great biblical education uh, training biblical, biblical education but they're being trained in hearing the voice of the Lord yeah. and trusting him with that they see our finances they see our trust in the Lord every single every single waking moment and we'll share with them like I, I'm still blown away that like I said this is the most expensive place on the planet to live and yet we're still here mm-hmm. and God still does it yeah. you know and and, uh, you know, I'll tell people, like, yeah, YouTube's successful, but, I mean, if you're not still making YouTube videos, how successful is it going to be? If, you know, if, if leading worship at a mega church is highly influential, I mean, it's, it's not like there's some nest egg rolling around where we've got a cash cow coming in. It's like, no, God does it every single time. There's still manna today. So good. There's still manna today. What would you tell someone listening in who's considering missions or... The RV life. I mean, my family's, we've hit the road. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of traveling. We've thought about world schooling, and we realized recently that's what we've been doing. Yeah, world schooling <laughs> is epic. I loved the concept of that. When we met we met a Mormon family, that they're really big YouTubers, and uh, they were just super fun. We loved hanging out with them. Um, she was the first one to tell us of this concept of world schooling, and I'm like, man, I love the ring to that. There was something beautiful about, like, you know, for one, when I was a pastor at the church, we already did homeschooling. Yeah. We were already homeschooling. So that was a natural thing for us to do what we then called road schooling. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. And then there's this term thrown thrown around of world schooling, and I'm like, well, gee, that makes perfect sense. It's awesome. I I think at that point, it's just, you know, how much faith do you have? Mm. And I think that there is a biblical thing to that when you say that like to him who is uh given much much is required i think the flip side of that is like to those who have much faith much is required so it's like i tell people i think that if we look at that scripture the other way around you realize that like there's no limit to god's blessing on your life there may be a limit to our faith so how much faith do you want how much trust do you really believe in god and I mean, I've awesome. been there at that place where I'm like, and I'm, I'm crazy, right? Like, I will be like, God, this is the craziest thing in the world, but I believe you said we need to go after it. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, you start making those steps to it, and you realize that, like, oh, my Lord, 
I am a humbled man because I know that there's no possible way on the planet that I am smart enough to make this happen on my own. Yeah. You know, but God does it. You know, um, anybody, anybody stepping into missions, it's those first steps. But I also think that the leaps of faith, which are impossible, you need to do them. Yeah. Um, I had always heard this concept from you know my my pastor and maybe some other leaders that I'd heard before, and that was like faith was something just beyond your grasp. You know. Well, I think in my life now and, and missionally, I would say that that's not faith. Um, faith that's something just beyond your grasp is something that in your mind you still feel like if you could if you could take a bigger leap, you'd probably get there. No, I think faith is something that's a mile away from your grasp. I think faith is something where if I even reach out in my own ability to try to catch myself, that's, that's like me trying to reach to grab a cloud. I will fail every time. But God, you know, like faith is, is, is not the God factor. Faith is God. Like, I don't know, like, if it's like a, a Zondervan or a contemporary Christian thing where we like to put, you know, cheeky concepts around faith. Like, no, faith ultimately is, is complete foolishness in the eyes of the world. You know, guys, you know, like I said, and I started this thing, I was like 37, 38. I mean, like, hey, you know, dads, kids, like, what, what else are you going to live for? You know, like, are you grateful that you you know, you racked up that racked up that amount of debt and have have, you know, sold your soul away to the to the company store. <laughs> at, at the same time, like if God's calling you to do something, the question isn't like can you take it, it's just when. When are you gonna do it? You know, like when are you gonna do something? Well my wife and I wrote a song about that and you know, it's like, you know, when are you finally gonna trust God enough to say, Okay, all right, what's the first big leap of faith? Well, for me, it was quitting my job. That's maybe not something that all listeners want to hear, you know. <laughs> I fully disclose that's got to be a God thing. It has right. to be a God thing. It has to be a unity with your wife thing. Like in my, in my case, like I said, we took two years to do that. Like my wife and I went on a vision retreat. There's a first good step. We took a weekend where and our kids were really young. We got a babysitter. They were young. They were old enough where we felt like we could do a couple nights away. But we did the babysitter. We went away on a vision retreat. And we just, we did not go with the intention to vacation. We went to pray and say, Lord, you're stirring something in our heart. Can you bring us unity? And it was those weird, awkward, but yet bold conversations that my wife shared with me where she repented of some of the ways where she felt like she held me back in areas. And, and then I repented to her for not being honest with her of, of what I, I felt like God was saying to me. And, and I, I told her, I said, hey, I, I just feel like maybe, maybe I'm not meant to be at this place for very long. God, and, and, but that began the conversation. Like I said, two years of just like, okay, God, what are you saying? But when we took the leap of faith, we were in unity doing it. And that's a big deal. So... Yeah, is that helping me? I realize I may be tangenting here, but yeah, those are so those good. are real steps, I'd say. Now, I'll be honest. I want to read your book. 
<laughs> I don't I have know, one yet. A writer in your family, but uh, my buddy, this is this my is buddy Troy keeps telling me he's like, Trent, you gotta, you gotta buckle down, and write a book. You know, one of those big leaps of faith for me, and it seems so boring, but like I never, through all the massive growing church world and everything, like I became an influential leader, but I, I never finished my college degree. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm currently in college right now and finishing my degree. That I felt like was my next big leap of faith that I needed to finish. You know, like. I just wanted to learn more of the depth of the word of the Lord, and I felt like I kept hitting a lid, you know. Um, so I don't think I'm writing any books anytime soon. So uh, I got to finish I that the, degree first. <laughs> I, I've done the seminary stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take take a year or two after yeah. all that, then be like, okay. Like, I would love it though. No, I mean that that stuff just totally excites me. You know, like even that. Like I've had people ask if we're gonna do any new music. You know, we haven't released the music. We did a single last year called Speak, and that's been really great. And it's been a great language to share to people. A lot of the same stuff. It's it's our our story, but. Yeah. Well, what is the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you or get more information? Oh, man. Well, TrentonShavon.com is our website. Our YouTube channel is Everyday Family Adventure. Uh, that's very active on Instagram and occasionally active on, on YouTube. But definitely, like, those two channels, Trent and Siobhan. My wife's name is a little hard to spell, but it's uh, spelled S-I-O-B-H-A-N. She's Irish. Um, but we're pretty... We're, we're pretty uh, we have lots of stuff out there on Google. So, I mean, as soon as you start typing Trent and and maybe an S, it'll come up. Oh, Otherwise, the easier one is Everyday Family Adventure. That'll find us too. Google. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.